This is 680 CJOB. Hey everybody, thanks for joining me on The Main Ingredient. Today is a visit with my doctor friend, Dr. Kristen Mitness at LifeMark, located at 76 Nature Parkway, and today we're going to discuss chronic inflammation and how your diet can affect this condition. It was such a nice day, and she's always so busy helping her clients. I went to her office to talk about it. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Very good. Dr. Kristen Mitness. Maybe you can remind everybody who you are. Sure. You've been on the show before. You're a main ingredient veteran, <laughs> right? You can, you can remind everybody who you are. I'm a chiropractor and with a specialization in functional medicine or nutrition and some prenatal and pediatric stuff. And then I run. You're not smart at all. Uh, not at all. <laughs> and I'm the clinic director of LifeMark, so I, I run, run ship here. I got you. And how we met is from the book that you wrote, mm-hmm. The Ancestral Kitchen. Yep. What's that? What's that about? My cookbook. It's so when I was educating my patients on nutrition um, and adjusting them, I could I would tell them all these things to do with their diet, and they're like, "Okay, that's great, but now what?" So I took all that information, put it into a book, so I could say, "Okay, here's the information. Here's a book. It will walk you through everything. Here's a bunch of recipes." And I eventually added exercises and kind of created like a little handbook for people to make health a little bit easier. I got a lot of um, response and emails from how open you were the last time. It's funny you say that. Even my sister was like, I didn't know all of that about you. (laughs) My mom listened to that and she said, wow, man, she liked old everything. (laughs) Which is pretty good. You must get a lot from your patients. They must be very open with you. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We're here to talk about another topic. Yeah. which is chronic inflammation mm-hmm. and how diet can affect that. So, so maybe we can talk about what chronic inflammation is. Sure. So a lot of people understand acute inflammation. Like right. if you sprain your ankle, it swells up, it's red, it's swollen, it'll hurt for a little bit and your body will eventually heal. It'll go away and probably even be better than new if it does it correctly. Right. It's, it's, the swelling has a purpose. It has a purpose. The inflammation is there for a purpose. Right. But now we're to the point where a lot of us have this chronic underlying inflammation that's constantly happening and when we have it for a long period of time um, what we get is a lot of degradation and things start to kind of fall apart and become injured chronically or all the time so these are the people who wake up with pain um, or you have injuries that don't heal very well so that acute pain now becomes chronic pain Um, and they say seven out of the ten top causes of death in Canada and the US now are attributed to this chronic inflammation are you serious? Or chronic diseases, yeah. The problem with it from a medical perspective is there's no pharmaceutical cure for any of it. Like we have drugs to, because if you think of things like diabetes and cardiovascular disease, lots of our cancers, lots of these like stroke, things like that, these chronic diseases, um, we can give you pharmaceuticals to mask it or put band-aids over it, but to fix it, we actually have to fix the underlying cause. And right. nutrition or diet is like, one thing we can control, which is why I love it so much. Because there's so many things in our life we can't control. We can't always control the air we breathe or the toxins we're exposed to or our stress levels, things like that. But when you eat every day for the rest of your life, multiple times, um, it's something you can control. You can always control what you put in your mouth. So Right. So you were saying that there are... I know that diet can play a factor or play a part in sure. controlling it. Right. Can diet be the cause of it? Yes. 
I would say yes, and it probably is the cause of a lot of those things too, or the biggest contributing factor. The only other factor I would say might be worse are stress levels, mm -hmm. but even that, your diet can make your, manifest your stress even more so. It can help, or it can be the opposite. If you're really honed in on your diet, it can help you manage stress better. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, so what are some signs to know that diet is a problem, it's right. causing the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of us are, we have our genetics and we're prone to any kind of disease. I have genes for Alzheimer's disease and ovarian issues. Different people have um, genes that make them prone to headaches, cancers, anything. We have the genes whether we want to or not. Mm -hmm. Just a matter of if we turn them on and off. So these chronic, this chronic inflammation will manifest differently in everybody. It might start as just general pain. It might start as um, different illnesses or like you get sick and you can't really recover from it. It can be skin issues. Acne is a, is chronic inflammation. Um, really? Eczema, things like that. Yeah, mm -hmm. like that's a sign that something inside isn't working well. IBS or any kind of like gut issues, leaky gut, um, brain fog or some like really basic ones, food sensitivities. Like once we see those things, we know there's an underlying issue and diet just is a huge factor in those. Okay, so usually I'm assuming that sometimes when people have those problems, it's more than one of those symptoms. Yeah, for sure. It'll start as one and we'll kind of like brush it under the, or it comes and goes. And so we don't really think of it as that. And, um, and the other thing I get a lot with when I suggest maybe it's your diet, they're like, but I've been eating like this for forever. So it's think of it as like that one drop in the cup until the cup is like overflowing. Right, and and now, now we have an issue. Yeah. So how far do we need to backpedal to fix it? Um, and I would even argue with diet, we don't have to be 100% all the time. It's not about being perfect. Mm -hmm. um, it's about making those improvements. Okay, so. Sure. How can someone figure out that what part of their diet is causing the problem? Right, so. That's I, probably like, a, you know, people oh, would consider that to be a needle in a haystack, but there are ways to figure it out. Oh, yeah, and absolutely. And there's three things we know for sure are causes. Like, okay. every single person, these these three things are for sure the causes. One of them is, um, like, grain-based flours. Okay, so once we take the grain and we grind it all down and we just have that flour left, that will cause chronic inflammation mm -hmm. in everybody. Like, that's not, our, like, that is, will always happen when you have that. Hang on, so are we saying gluten is a problem for everybody? It's not even just gluten. It's the grain. It's like the grain itself. It's the way it's grown. It's the way it's processed. It's the fact that it's stripped away from all of its nutrients. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if it's whole grain or not. Like... When you, take a, when you take a whole grain and then grind it into a flour, it's not a whole grain anymore, right? <laughs> you just process the crap out of that. Right. And you took all the nutrients out of it to the point where to make that flour edible again, we have to add sugar to it. We have to add all these synthetic vitamins to it. So even when you eat these things that are, that are whole grain, like your whole grain bread, like there's no whole grain in that. Whoever decided that it was okay to label things whole grain <laughs> when you've already made it into a flour, like they, I hope they... I hope they realize what a problem they're creating. She's not passionate about oh. <laughs> it. Oh. It actually drives me nuts because I have patients who are like, oh, I eat really well. I eat whole grains. I'm like, eh, are you eating whole grains? Like you're eating like rice and quinoa and like real whole grains, wheat berries. Like you're actually eating a whole grain or are you eating something, a processed food that's made that from something that maybe once was a whole grain, but now is not even a real food anymore. Right. So what they're saying is a whole grain they're saying. You know, they're saying it's whole grain, but it started off as that, but it's not even what it was. No, it's not, it's not even close. Like, your whole grain bread, there's no whole grain there. That is not a whole grain. And that's wreaking havoc. It's creating issues. It's creating this chronic inflammation. But, and you know, well, you don't. Like, people don't know. Uh, otherwise, they wouldn't do it. But it tastes really good, and it's really cheap. So that's why. 
So are Big Macs. I know. I know. I know. I know. And we know that. So grain-based uh, flours, number one. Like, let's let's get rid of that. Number two would be refined sugars. Everyone knows that. Like, right. everyone knows that sugar. But we for, we read your labels. We don't realize how much sugar is in Every, absolutely like, everything. Everything. Uh, in anything... Anything that you drink that tastes good is probably basically liquid sugar, right? <laughs> we're, we're wired for that to feel good, and that causes chronic inflammation. Um, like, I can't think of anything that you would drink that tastes really good that doesn't have sugar in it. That is a scary statement. Sugar is everywhere. Okay, so we're going to talk more about that along with processed and ultra-processed foods with Dr. Kristen Mitnis from LifeMark here on The Main Ingredient. Clinic Director of LifeMark at 76 Nature Park Way and the author of The Ancestral Kitchen, Kristen Mitnis, is she is here. I went to visit her at her office and talk about chronic inflammation and how your diet can affect it. Last segment, we were talking about sugar, and we still are. Yesterday, I was out with my daughter, and she wanted this pear drink. I'm not going to say from where, because yeah. I'm bad she was. I said, hey, I'll have one too. And it was in a big can, and she popped it open. You kind of little, little cheers, and then I remembered, I want, this tastes really good. And I flipped the back, and guess how many grams of sugar were in it? Probably like 40. 49. Yeah. I was like, whoa! 49 49 grams, 49 grams of sugar, grams of sugar yeah. in that can. The Isn't that ab- insane? The average American eats about 100, and this is probably the same for Canada, um, me, it's a little bit different because of the way the food is processed in the States versus Canada. But the average American in 2010, 130 pounds of sugar a year. A year. A year. 130 pounds. That's, that's like your body weight. That's like, you know, if your wow. your wife's weight. Yeah. Right? In little, sugar. That's crazy. That's crazy. But it, it tastes good. It's really cheap. Yeah, it it gives you that good. quick high, right? Oh, it, yeah. It's like, and we're wired for sweet things to taste good because from an evolutionary perspective, if something was sweet, it meant it was safe. But the problem is, back then, we weren't exposed to it all the time. And you didn't have access to food all the time. You only had sweet probably in the summer when things were ripe. So it was okay and it meant safe. But now we have it all the time. And the overload of it, it's not safe anymore. So so we have inflammation coming from grain-based, flours, sugar, and then the last thing is omega-6 fats or our refined industrial seed oils. Like so, what? So those are things like our soybean oils, our vegetable oil, our canola oil. Anything that is gr- like grown as an industrial seed, cotton seed oil. Um, I always say when we're... Well, for fats, we have omega-3, omega-6, and omega-9 is the different types of fats. And a lot of us know the importance of omega-3 fats because they're anti-inflammatory. They decrease overall inflammation. Those are our fish oils, um, fish, grass-fed beef that has the, those omega-3 anti-inflammatory fats. But those industrial seed oils have are really high in omega-6 fats. So those are pro-inflammatory. They cause inflammation in the system. Um, and fat is good. For, like, we need fat. Every cell in our body is surrounded by a layer of fat. Our hair, our skin, our nails, like, do if we have good quality fats in our diet. Problem is, when we eat a lot of these vegetable oils, which is really stable at room temperature, so all of our processed foods have the omega-6 fats, things like margarine, you know how it's really stable, it's like, it's hard. Um, the problem is, it's pro-inflammatory, so it causes those inflammatory markers, causes the chronic inflammation in the body. Um, like, so, is it like things like margarine? Yeah, exactly. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Wow, margarine is death, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, like, please don't eat margarine. It's not even a real food. Like, these are all essentially, like, 
fake foods. They're not real foods. And you put them all together, they taste really good. Like we're wired for that to taste good. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a scary conversation. Just I, I know, scary. I know. And I, if if those three things, if you focused on that, well, the other problem is the majority of our calories come from those things. Mm-hmm. They say about 60% of our diet right now is ultra processed foods. Those are, and those three things are ultra processed foods. Okay, well, 60%. Okay, so there's processed foods, then there's, all, what's the difference between right. processed and ultra processed? Right, so processed, like anything, even if you think of like a sausage mm-hmm. or ground beef, like that's been processed, mm-hmm. right? It's not in its whole form, it's been processed. But then we have these ultra processed foods, which are ta- become like Franken foods or fake foods. These are the things that are shelf stable, things that don't go bad. So they, it's not even food, but, but it's edible. It's but the it's Twinkies. Not. Exactly, exactly. The, and those, if you look at that, <laughs> it, has, it has the processed grains, sugar, and those refined oils. Right. Like, that last on a shelf yes. for months and months. Exactly. Yeah. Like even a Big, ba- Mac, a Big Mac last Even forever. bacteria won't eat it, right? Like it's not so edible. Okay. It tastes really good because chemically it's been made to taste really good. And they actually, these things bind to our opiate receptors in our brain, like the same thing that heroin would bind to. And so when people tell me like I'm addicted to carbs, yeah, you are. Like you're wired to be addicted to those carbs. It's harder to kick those carbs and those pro-inflammatory oils than it is some drugs. So yeah, I know it's gonna suck. And you hear people when I tell them, like especially with kids, so we give our kids this, it's gonna hamper their overall development. And they're like, yeah, but my, I'm my kid's addicted to carbs. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, or I'm addicted to carbs. No one's addicted to fat. It's not like, oh yeah, I'm so addicted to fat. I can't give it up. Oh, I'm so addicted to protein. I can't give it up. We are addicted to these highly processed carbs, and those are just wreaking havoc on our system. So it's like you're stuck in this hamster wheel. Like it tastes really good but it's also making you really sick, but it's also really cheap, but, and now what do you do? And it gives you that quick burst quick, of That quick energy. burst, that quick, you feel really, really good, and then you crash. And the only thing that's gonna make you feel better is yeah. more of the yeah. stuff, right? right? So you have these highs and lows and highs and lows. So with this chronic inflammation, what we see is our insulin levels, like in our blood sugar is all over the place. With blood sugar and insulin dysregulation has been linked. That's type two diabetes, right? Everyone understands type two diabetes, but that can manifest differently in lots of people. It can manifest in polycystic ovarian syndrome. So now we have fertility issues and we have mis- like chronic miscarriages. It can manifest as dementia. They're calling that type three diabetes now because it affects the brain. And if your whole body swell, like it, under this chronic inflammation, so is your brain. You can't think that your brain's not going to be affected by all this stuff too. So think of how many people that walk around and just like don't feel good. So now we're drinking coffee all the time and we have this brain fog and we just like feel like we're always under this, this tension or this fog where a lot of these people, you clean up, you clean up those three, you get those three things out of the diet and you'll fix 90% of problems and 90% of people. It's that last like 10% that we have to start playing around with. That is crazy information. You literally could sit there talking all night and I would listen all night. <laughs> like, I know, I know this, it's a lot of information, but it's like super useful. I'm, yeah, you know and it's, it's simple. It's not easy. It's simple. And that's why I want to give people this information because once you understand it, it, it makes sense. And then once you try it, you're like, oh, oh yeah, that's... And I mean, people will age slower. People, yeah, it's kind of cool how much it affects our body because eating like that's the feel for your body that's how your body rebuilds itself so if we give it the good feel and take out the nasty stuff man we see some we see miracles <laughs> it's crazy okay so how do people get to the miracle how do they start modifying their diet to see if right. there's a problem 
how do they wean themselves off of the right. stuff? So making sure we're eating a lot of the good stuff. So we're, if we fill up on the good stuff, there's less room for the bad stuff. So, right, because you're just full? Yeah, hopefully. Um, so you're going to fill up, honestly, as many vegetables as possible and make them in whatever way you want. You even want to like cook a lot of your vegetables in butter and in, in olive oil, things, coconut oil, lard, tallow, like those real quality fats that are in their whole form. Because when we add the fat to the vegetables and add salt to it too, because you're making your own food and we also need salt, they taste really good. Like food, like vegetables that have fat on them taste a lot better, right? So mm -hmm. we'll eat them. But also when we add the fat, we can absorb vitamins A, D, E, and K a lot better. Um, so we can absorb those nutrients out of the veggies. Lots of animal protein. Um, I know people, there's people, some people will say like, oh, we don't need to eat animals or you don't want to. Like if you don't want to, that's fine. But actually humans function the best on animal protein. Um, so we are made to eat animals. We are. From an evolutionary perspective, we are. And I, I, I understand if people don't want to do it for ethical reasons, things like that. But there are some really great properly raised animals and you know a life for a life is how the world goes around i mean we're part of the food chain and we function better our brains function better when we get those fats and proteins from animals no and i, I do agree with that it's yeah. like we can accept the fact that animals eat animals yes but we can't accept that we're an animal that eats animals know. you know what I i'm know. saying so whatever it, yeah. it is it, it, yeah. for people to decide yeah. New sports and weather coming up, and then back to my conversation with Dr. Kristen Mitnis, my go-to for nutrition advice, and we're going to talk about protein. Be right back. Dr. Kristen Mitnis is my guest today on The Main Ingredient. Well, it's more like I'm her guest because I went to her office to catch up with her and talk to her about nutrition. We... My friend Krista and I are picking Kristen's brain about protein. So animal protein and fill up. We're often nervous that, we're, that we eat too much protein, mm -hmm. but they've actually found that we often aren't eating enough, especially enough? as we age. It depends on the person, but I would say for every meal you have, like one, at least one palm size of protein. And I would say if you're really active or have lots of, or you want to put on more muscle mass, you could even do up to two. And like, does it matter the type of protein, whether it's plant-based or? So I ideally like an animal-based um, for a couple of reasons. A, your body can utilize it a lot more efficiently. It's a, it's a complete protein. It has the full amino profile where plant-based doesn't necessarily. And we think of plant-based protein being really great sources of protein they're they're not that great and they're actually a lot higher in carbohydrates than they are in protein so then we have the carbohydrate issue and when we have too many carbohydrates that's going to throw our insulin and our hormone regulation off too so is some okay yeah great if you tolerate it if it's okay on your stomach because some of us don't tolerate beans very well we know how we our stomach feels after beans um but yeah i would prefer animal protein but that depends on the person Right? Like some people need more. I'm someone who definitely needs like a decent amount of animal protein every every day. But I know some people who can have a few servings a week and feel okay. So that that's very So lots of veggies. We got our animal protein. Or if you want to, like, even if you're a vegetarian, I'll often try to see if we can do, like, pesco ovo vegetarian. So get you to eat fish and, and eggs because you'll get those same benefits of the, from the animal protein. Uh, Fat, quality fat. So we've cut out the refined fats, so the industrial oil fats, but more, more of our natural fats. So I, when I'm talking about fats, I usually recommend people, if you would eat it in its whole form, it's 
okay to eat as a fat. Like olive oil, you'd eat an olive, so you can have olive oil. Walnut oil, coconut oil. Almond oil? Almond oil, um, sesame oil, uh, butter, lard. Really? Fat, fat from a pig, yep. yeah, especially a good quality pig. They actually have lots of nutrients in them. It's not just fat, there's lots of vitamins in there too. Um, tallow, which is just lard from a cow. Those are good quality animal fats. Or if you're eating fatty, good quality animal protein, um, I say good quality like an animal who was raised eating its proper diet too, because right, right. that's gonna be good for the animal, just like it's good for us. Um, the fat from it will be a lot safer, so you can eat those fattier cuts of meat. So. Lots of veggies, lots of protein, lots of um, quality fat. And then, then the little thing, the fruit, nuts and seeds, like are, are real, if it's a real whole food, it's probably safe, right? So MCT oil. Sure. It's refined. It is. Coconut oil. Yes. Good or bad? It's, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Like at that point, we're kind of going down rabbit holes, right? Like, yeah, sure, but is everything else? Are you doing everything else well? So do you need the MCT oil? Like, are you trying to refine because you're doing everything else so right that now you're kind of tinkering with it? Or is it like, this is all new to you, I don't know what I'm gonna do, so I'm just gonna start taking MCT oil and think everything's gonna be fine. Like, that that we're kind of tinkering. Okay. Yeah. This is very interesting. Like, very interesting. Um, Are a lot of these recipes that are based on your book? Yeah. They're all based around those facts all of it all of it like so i personally don't eat any of any of that stuff ever okay Um, so so you have to listen to the podcast of the first one which i'll send to you yes the correct one (laughs) (laughs) so all of the recipes in there there's no grains there's um not even any dairy like dairy is a grayish area some of us tolerate dairy some of us don't um and there's always these little grayish areas. There's even like certain vegetables that some or fruits that some people tolerate, some people don't. I would argue that if you if you cut out those main things and let your body heal for a while, mm-hmm. you might be able to tolerate them in the future. It's usually when when we're eating a lot of um, the grains and the sugar and the refined oils, we create so much inflammation that we just can't tolerate stress the same way. So we can't always tolerate those same foods. Mm-hmm. Um, because the other thing between our insulin being all over the place and our chronic inflammation, we end up with something called the leaky gut. So our cell, our, the, our gut lining is about one cell thick. So if that becomes damaged from the sugars and the grains, I picture it, this isn't actually what happens, but I picture it as like it scratches away at your cell lining. And then so all these extra proteins and food gets through the cell lining into your bloodstream and your body can't tolerate it well versus your body being able to break it down and turning it into something you can actually eat. So once you stop eating the sugar and stuff, that maybe can repair itself and yes. then you can actually eat exactly. different things. Exactly. So your gut can repair itself. Foods that are really good for gut repairing are things like bone broth. So it's really like soothing I just said my broths. mom just made homemade bone broth last night. Oh, you were so lucky. Yeah, that, dude. It's like aloe vera for your gut. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's How much so, of that should you drink? You can drink it every day. I'd be totally okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I'd be okay with that, yeah. Kevin. I've given you the okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, um, and getting those vegetables. Cooked vegetables. If you have a gut issue, cook your vegetables. Because actually, vegetables can be pretty tough on your gut. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's hard to break down. Like, if you see, if you're pooping out whole vegetables, like, you're not digesting it very <laughs> Nine well, one right? one. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for things like that, cook it. Because it helps it break it down, and it helps you absorb the nutrients to it a little bit better. Oh, the cookbook. The recipes in there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're also super easy, because I don't do anything complex. I make everything as easy as possible. So I don't That's think... That's good because I'm really dumb. So uh, well, really <laughs> I don't think anything in there would take you longer than 30 minutes. 
No, I've, I've cooked some of the stuff. It's awesome. It's super easy. I have to steal it back and forth. Me and my mom kind of yeah. go back and forth with it. It's That's very awesome. Nice. Right. And it's pretty straightforward. And and it tastes good. Like once you figure it out. Also, once you cut these things out, it only takes like three weeks, three, some people a few more weeks for your palate to start changing. So that refined sugar tastes like really sweet after you start getting it out of your system and let your, your brain like kind of recalibrate itself and let your taste buds recalibrate itself. So when you're eating those vegetables, especially when you cook them and get, get the like sweetness out of them, it starts tasting really good and you can actually taste real food versus tasting those really like chemically made things and those high sugars and refined right. refined and the oils and things like that so spices knock yourself out with spices i mean the more often you can cook the problem with a lot of this stuff is it requires a little bit more effort and a little bit more work right it's not so easy although that being said a lot of places are realizing how many more people want to eat like this and food food choices are are more prevalent you can go out to eat and you can eat you know your meat and veggies and, and good quality foods or even grocery stores like the deli section so I don't eat fast food um, but I'll go to the grocery store and just go to the deli section and pick up like they'll have cooked meat and veggies that you can just kind of grab and go at that point like you're kind of the oils they cook it in probably aren't the best but that's better than still going through the For sure. fast food drive through so you kind of pick and choose your battles at that point right. um, and like I said it's not about being perfect it's about finding a way to do this that's sustainable and works for you because this is something that this isn't like a temporary diet we're not trying to we're not finding temporary fixes here we're trying to find right, a it's not a 30 day challenge this isn't a 30 day like challenge that. this isn't like something that you do it's not like like exercise you don't like exercise for 30 days and you're like I guess I'm done I'm fine for the rest of my you life don't. yeah <laughs> That's what you've been doing wrong. I know. But it's something that you're going to do every day for the rest of your life. Um, so we're finding a way to do it that makes sense for each of our lives. Because it's going to look a little bit different from person to person. But, like, the main premise is the same. We're still, at the end of the day, we're all humans. We all evolved from the same spot. <laughs> so we're still, at the end of the day, the same rules apply. I understand. So how do people get a hold of you if they want to? Because I'm sure when people listen to this... They have questions. Sure. Right. My website has tons of free information on it, and that's um, drkristencairo.com. Um, I am based out of Lifemark, so that's my clinic, so you can give us a call. Um, that's where I do most of my stuff out of. And yeah. Is that how they can get their hands on the book as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either contact me and I can mail one out. I've been doing that quite a bit lately. Um, or swing by the clinic and pick one up. We have them for sale for $20. Yeah. Perfect. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, thank you. She is a fountain of knowledge and super passionate. You can contact her for a book, The Ancestral Kitchen, or for nutrition advice at drkristencairo.com or call her at Lifemark at 76 Nature Parkway. This is 680 CJOB. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.